0: from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel, it's Inside the Jets, brought to you by EY, building a better working world, and
1: by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Now, here's Eric Allen and Eric Coleman. Welcome to Inside the Jets. We're broadcasting live from a pack Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. We will later be joined by Jets outside linebacker Brandon Copeland, Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. Well, the Jets stepped up in class against the New England Patriots and the Pats handed it to them. a 33 to nothing on Monday Football. I mean, I mean, disappointing
2: is an understatement for that game. Uh, just a fantastic showing by the Patriots. They, they did a great job of uh, running their offense. Defensively, you know, the top defense in the league really showed the world why they are the top defense. And, uh, and the Jets couldn't respond. They could never bounce back. Uh, Sam Darnold couldn't get into a groove, throwing four interceptions, uh, running the ball, protecting the quarterback was an issue. Uh, I, the Jets had a problem with it yesterday.
1: Yeah, so many high hopes after the Jets won their first Victory of the season. I mean they took home their first victory of the season against the Dallas Cowboys the week before Sam Darnold throwing for 338 yards and two touchdowns in that game getting seven different receivers the football Robbie Anderson five catches 125 yards Jameson Crowder six catches 98 yards and Demarius Thomas getting into the mix as well, but Darnold was unable to duplicate that rhythm as we saw it constantly against the Patriots. They were sending pressure and the Jets were allowing free runners and Darnold was Never able to get comfortable in that pocket.
2: Yeah, I mean, New England did a great job of mixing up their pressures yesterday. Uh, you know, they are bringing safeties, bringing linebackers, uh, dropping guys back into coverage. You know, it reminded me back in uh, in 06 when we played the Patriots. You know, there was a lot of defenses where we would have 11 men on the line of scrimmage. And whether we dropped back into zone or brought pressure, it confused Tom Brady. And that's difficult against a young offensive line uh, to pick up. And, and New Orleans, or excuse me, New England found a, a, a uh, and something wrong with the Jets yeah. offensive line in their protection, and they just kept dialing it up until they got it fixed, and unfortunately for the Jets, they never
1: fixed it. Uh, inside the Jets is presented by EY, Building a Better Working World, Eric, Eric Allen and Eric Coleman here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits. Darnold, career high, five turnovers, four interceptions, three of them came in Patriots territory. Again, what is the answer when a team like New England is going to pressure you all day? Like Adam Gates said, no surprises. We knew they were coming, and a lot of times, cover zero. You You're used to be a defensive back in the mm-hmm. National Football League. What does cover zero mean offensively, and what is a counter? Well, cover zero means uh, there's no help. There's
2: man-to-man across the board. Uh, everyone else who's not in coverage is, bl- is blitzing and so uh even if your man is say your man is a running back and i'm the linebacker my man is a running back he blocks i'm adding in the blitz so everyone's coming there it's a tough way uh to defend because you're always bringing one more than they can block and that that unblocked person the responsibility falls on the quarterback to get the ball out quick and to stop that you have to use a lot of short screens you have to do a lot of quick passes uh you know try to run some draws to get past the blitz because there is no second level when they blitz everyone. So, uh, you know, the Jets were really never able to find the answer, find the solution for that blitz. And unfortunately, you know, it forced Sam Darnold to, to make some throws that, he wouldn't, uh, that are out of his character.
1: Yeah, and then you hear offensive coordinators and play callers a lot of times say, identifying the mic points, <laughs> especially against blitzes because – Setting up all your protections. So what does that mean? What does the quarterback have to do when he gets to the line to tell his lineman who you're taking?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's tough. You know, you have to. That's where your film study comes in. That's where the tendencies of the other team come in. Uh, You know, identifying that Mike is is identifying the center of the, the blitz and telling your offensive line, which way are we going to slide? And the Patriots understand all these rules. And so they, what they would do is line up some guys on, on, on offensive linemen. They would blitz them for a couple of steps yeah. and then drop them back in the coverage. And that just caused all kind of confusion for the offensive line. That's how you get the free runners because now all of a sudden I got this guy. He steps up a couple of steps and then he leaves. All right, now he's not blitzing. Someone else is blitzing and overloading and now you have a free
1: runner. The Patriots are masters at breaking tendencies, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Every week they are a chameleon. They change who they are depending on the opponent.
2: They do. They do a great job, you know, offensively. They they do that especially. They're going to they're going to look at your film, you know, your last four games and see how you got beat. What plays did you uh, get beat on touchdowns or big plays? And they're going to install those plays into their offense. And so uh, it, it makes it tough to prepare for, and what you have to do is go over all the mistakes you made and, and correct them and talk through them and understand that there has to be communication before the play or you're going to get burned. Uh, you know, I always tell the story. Uh, back in, I want to say it was 07, we played the, the uh, Patriots. Yeah. They played, the week before, they played the Minnesota Vikings. They came out in five wide receivers and threw the ball 52 times. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you know, in 2007, that was unheard of, you know, for them to throw the ball that many times. So the whole week. We, we were activating defensive backs. We were putting in dime packages, uh, just getting ready for extra coverage. What did they do on Monday Night Football? They came out in three tight ends, two running backs, and ran the ball for the first two drives and ran it right down our throat because we weren't prepared to stop the run. We were, we were preparing just to stop the pass.
1: It was a snowball effect, and we're gonna to talk to Brandon Copeland about that here in our next segment. But the Patriots came out, they had the ball for about nine minutes. It seemed like they had the ball for the entire first quarter, but the Jets had opportunities to get off the field, but the Patriots kept on converting early on third down. I think at one point early in the second quarter, they were 5-7 on third down and 1-1 on fourth down.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that has to be frustrating for your defense. And, you know, as a team, I'm sure, listen, they, they, they got embarrassed. This was not the performance that they wanted to, to put out there on the field in front of the world. But when you go back and look at the film, I mean, Sam Donald having three turnovers in the red zone. Well, at least you got down to the red zone. You get rid of those and, and maybe convert those to touchdowns. It's a different ball game. You look at defense. You get off the field on third down. You prevent some of those long drives. Uh, you know, you, the breakdowns in coverage get you off the field, get your offense another opportunity. So there's, as bad as it was, there's always something. There's always something you can take out of that film and, and improve on. So I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of coaching going on right now.
1: Can we stop making declarations about Sam Darnold every time <laughs> the guy picks up the football? Because, yes, he was fantastic against the Dallas Cowboys, but that doesn't automatically mean that he's going to Canton and going to join Kevin Mawai in the Hall of Fame. Equally said, on the other side of the spectrum, you can't be, oh we got to write this kid off because he had five turnovers against the Patriots and he was out of sorts.
2: No, you can't do that. You know, and that you, in the NFL, you know, I used to have coaches tell me, you have to stay at an even keel. Stay at the same page because you're never as good as they say you are and you're never as bad as they say you are. So you have to, what you have to do is, is evaluate yourself, take the same approach every week, continue to, to chop wood and grind to get better and improve on your mistakes because that's all you can really control is your play. And it's a what have you done for me lately league. Everyone forgets they have amnesia about what happened in the past. All they care about is what you did on Sunday and that's all that
1: matters. I know you didn't play the position. You were trying to mess with the quarterback during your heyday, but how much of a challenge is this for Adam Gase right now? Because Sam Darnold is a wonderful athlete and he can make all the throws on the football field. With that being said, at times his athleticism will take over and maybe he'll try to make a throw that just isn't there. No matter what his physical capabilities are, his feet might not be set or he's throwing off the back foot.
2: Well, what we all have to understand is that this was Sam Darnold's 16th game starting as a quarterback. And, and he still has a lot of room to grow. I mean, he's, he's he's a young player, and this is a great teaching moment right now. As hard of a pill as this this game is to swallow, Sam has to go back and look, watch this film. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be torture sitting there watching yourself make these mistakes. But you have to watch the film and understand why you made these mistakes. What did they do to attack you? Because other teams, this is a copycat league. You're gonna see these same blitzes. Yeah, but can you're gonna you see go, these same coverages again?
1: But staying on that point. Can you grow off of this? Because you're not going to see another defense like this probably over the final 10 games. And New England attacks you in so many different ways. Like when you're in Jacksonville this week, Mm -hmm. you know, they're probably going to stick to their four-man front play coverage in the back.
2: Yeah, but, but what you do is you go back to the values. You go back to the fundamentals. Uh, every play has to be communicated. The protection has to be communicated. You have to, you know, as a quarterback, you have to have your feet set if you want to deliver the ball the right way. And Sam knows that. You know, these are things that, that have got him to this level. You have to go back to your fundamentals and rely on the, those because those are the things that will carry you through all the adversity and, and through the tough times. And the whole team has to really look, at the, look themselves in the mirror and understand, We have to forget about this game. We have to learn from it. But we have another opponent coming up. We have a a few games that we can get some things going and, and right the ship.
1: Yeah, and make no mistake, the Jets gave an honest assessment of what happened Monday night, the shutout loss to the New England Patriots. Adam Gase was the first one who addressed the media, and he said, We were brutal, and that was across the board. And he included himself in that mix.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, like my good friend friend Ray Lucas always says, you know, you can't point the finger in these, these situations. you got to point the thumb. And, and you have to go back and evaluate, what could I have done better? And every man in that locker room has to go back and ask, you know, was my preparation right? You know, was my play right? Did I execute? Did I do what the coaches asked me to do? And the coaches have to do the same thing. So this is a, a really a, a time for the whole team, the whole organization, to look themselves in the mirror and ask, what can I do better than I did last week.
1: And E I know people are looking at it and saying 1-5 playoffs way out of reach, things like that. You don't think about that internally. You have to think about how you can get better each day and just get a victory and hopefully it's this week against Jacksonville.
2: Absolutely. I mean it's got to be one game at a time And, and it's easy to look at the schedule. I mean you have Jacksonville coming up. You have Miami. You know you have a couple of games that oh, you know what, we can win these games, but you can't do that. You have to take it one game at a a time, one play at a time, and continue just to try to get better each play, each game, because that's the only way that you're going to get wins.
1: All right, we're going to come right back with Brandon Copeland. You are listening to Inside the Jets on ESPN Radio. You're listening to Inside the Jets on ESPN Radio. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. Our player guest segment is presented by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York New York Jets. Let's welcome in Jets outside line, linebacker Brandon Copeland.
2: Welcome to the show. Thank Cope. You. Thanks for having me.
1: Cope, great seeing you. We had a tremendous podcast. You can check that out on anywhere that's available right now, Apple Podcasts, NewYorkJets.com, all that stuff. Um, last week. Now we got you on Inside the Jets. Were you guys off today? Uh, uh, because it's a Monday night game. Yeah. You, you got a game Sunday, short week. Uh, yeah. how, how does the schedule change? Yeah, you, you, Tuesday is generally the off
0: day for players and stuff like that. But guys are, you know, obviously it's a short week. Guys are in, you know, working on their bodies, lifting, preparing, getting, studying film, doing what you do as a pro.
1: So. T- take us inside the locker room. After the defeat to the Patriots um, Adam Gase's message to you guys and then the message amongst yourselves.
0: Yeah, I think um, you know coming in clearly You know as as I told somebody no one expects anything like that So you know the 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 first thing from a message standpoint, you know is is you know The season's not over. I mean, I I know that that's not what people want to hear but you know, you can either dwell in it get your head down be disgusted with yourself, and you should be, right? Like you, you, you We definitely should be. Uh, we got kicked in the face yesterday. and No, you know, not going to hide from it. However, if you weren't disgusted with yourself as a competitor, then you need to get out the locker room, right? Other than that, we got to move forward, right? There's, a, we played the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. They don't care what happened Monday. On Sunday, guess what? Uh, I won't care what happened Monday. You know. So it's about. Approaching this next day, one of the things my grandfather used to say is, you know, he he always talked about life, and my head's above ground, I got a chance, right? So I wake up this morning, I'm smiling, I'm happy. I I look my beautiful baby boy in his eyes, and guess what? I need to be the the pro that I need to be today. So, Brandon, you know, going back and watching the film or even thinking about what
2: happened last night, what are some of the the teaching moments for uh, the defense? You know, obviously getting off the field on third down, there were some opportunities. Uh, what other things could you learn as a defense?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost like you said get off the field on third down You know extremely long drives that that hurt us um, and, and took a toll on us By the end of the game right like you know you let these teams you let Tom Brady have a 12 14 play drive um, And continue to convert and convert and convert we as a defense can't let that happen, right? Um, take take everything else out of the play, right? It doesn't matter what what situation we're in, we can't let that happen. And then also, you know, we we pride ourselves on if there's sudden change, you know, if a team is in the red zone, we got to make them kick field goals, right? I don't care, you know, one of the things my college coach used to always say is like, I don't care if you line the football up right there in the pond in the Schuylkill River that was, you know, in, in Philadelphia, you know, Put the football down and let's play. So as a defense, it doesn't matter where the ball is. We have to do a job, a better job of getting them off the field.
1: You guys got to take care of your own side of the ball. 100%. This week, it is the Jaguars. But on the other side of the ball, a lot of attention paid to the quarterback, and that's always going to be the case in the National Football League. Sam Darnold was great against the Cowboys, experienced a lot of struggles against the Patriots knowing him as you do, having that intimate knowledge of being in the locker room every day, how do you anticipate he'll respond to this adversity? Yeah, I think that that's uh, the great
0: thing about having a mentor like Josh McCown last year <coughs> is now he knows how to, attach, how to attack this process, right? Um, the, the great thing about Sam is he doesn't really pay too much attention to outside noise, right? Um, because, you know, you, you, you have people on him and monitoring him at all times so like last week people are praising him right Mm -hmm. and and now this week people are 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 shaming him right uh good thing he doesn't pay attention to it he just goes to work and and he's the same person same player same prep same preparation wise week in and week out and so um you know we reset we reset we believe in him He, he believes in him and you know i'm excited to see him bounce back this weekend so after, you know, obviously when you come back to
2: practice tomorrow, it's on to Jacksonville. Uh, You know, you're playing against a a young quarterback in Gardner Minshew who's you know, he's athletic. He's kind of a gunslinger. As a pass rusher, what is it it like going against an athletic quarterback who can get out of the pocket and and break the pocket with his legs?
0: Yeah, you have to be careful in your rush. Uh, You know, you can't get too high above him because as you get too high and you get out of your lane, that's when you create running lanes for him. I was watching film on him today and you know, that, that's exactly what the what defense did against him. And he literally broke off a run for about 40-some yards um, and, and slid down untouched right through the middle of the defense. So, uh, you know, it, you have to be careful in your rush. But you also, with that being said, it's an oxymoron, but you, you can't be too afraid mm-hmm. where you end up stalling and not end up putting any pressure on him because you're just playing pity-pat with the offensive lineman trying to keep him in front of you. So, um the, the thing about a scrambling quarterback, too, is sometimes they're so athletic and, and so um, able-bodied to get themselves out of sticky situations, and sometimes they'll run right into you. So, yeah. you know, you you you, you want to put him in positions where he's feeling pressure from all different angles, and he's starting to try to move, and, and that's when we can take advantage and, and hopefully get that ball out.
1: Cope, I, I don't know if you know this, but Eric Coleman went to Washington State, so of course he had to <laughs> Get that Washington State quarterback in the mix here early during <laughs> our interview. I think this game's going to be played in a phone booth. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette, 715 yards, number two leading rusher in the National Football League, averaging five yards a carry, has five carries of 20 plus yards, yeah. three carries of 40 plus yards. Mm. He looks more explosive than ever, Cope, but you guys. Are really stopping the well, uh, run quite well. Yeah. The Patriots, for everything they did to you offensively, 2.2 yards per carry. I know Michelle got in the end zone three touchdowns on the ground, and you guys aren't going to like that. Right. But also, you guys are number two in the National Football League in terms of yards per carry at 3.3. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I'm... I'm
0: very much looking forward to the battle. Uh, it's old school football, so to speak. So um, it is it, going to be one of those games where you're gonna, you know, you're gonna make sure your chin <laughs> straps buckled. Oh yeah. <laughs> you're ready to go. You're gonna make sure you're staying low all week and, and keeping the right leverage. And and when you do get a chance to tackle, you better bring your pads and and run your feet because uh, if Fournette gets a chance to take your face off, he will. Right. Um, I, I, I'm very much looking forward to it. But again, by stopping the run, we need to be able to. Uh, put offenses in those third and long situations, mm-hmm. and then that's when we really need to to attack, and, and that's what we'll be working on all week. And, and you know, we all we all have things we can improve, and, and that's what we'll be working on.
2: Uh, Coach, th- this is one of those games, you know, as a defender, as a safety, that you used to look forward to. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that there's a running back. You're gonna you're gonna have a lot of attempts. You're gonna have to stop that run. You're gonna strap up your chin strap a little tighter, put yep. some more air in your helmet, <laughs> and and, uh, and it was gonna be a fun game because you yep. knew it was gonna be physical. Uh, but how do you uh, – I mean, wh- wh- what lessons? How, how, do you, how do you continue uh, to, to stop the run? How do you continue to be effective when, uh, you know, you gave up plays in the pass game? Is it still like a – you know, you put it on the back burner in practice or is it still an emphasis on stopping the run and then we have to figure out some things
0: with the pass game? No, I think you, you, you have to emphasize stopping the run first and foremost because if you don't do that, then you – you're setting yourself up for a long, long day. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yesterday was long. I'll be honest with you. It was a long night. However, if you can't stop the run, then, you know, you're literally getting manhandled out there, pushed yeah. around, and all of that type of stuff. And, and that's a, a very, very uh, disheartening day at the office. So uh, if you, once you stop the run, you, you emphasize that, we'll emphasize that as we always do. Once you stop the run, now you can make an offense one-dimensional. And then you know what's coming. Right. Yeah. We just have to do a better job of stopping what we know is coming. Right. Limiting penalties, uh, keeping people in front of us, all of this type of stuff, and also getting the quarterback down. Right. Like we have things we need to work on as a defense, and and again, even all defenses, all offenses, we all have things we still need to work on. It's, it's early
1: in the season, It's the second quarter of the season, um, but yeah. To that point, where is the pass rush right now? Getting yourself back, you're getting your feet. Underneath you right now, mm-hmm. your reps are continuing to increase. That was your second game back. Mm-hmm. Jordan Jenkins missed a few games there yep. early in the season. So you're getting healthier on the defensive side of the ball. Right. Brady is unique. He's perhaps the greatest of all time. The Patriots do such a good job of keeping everything outside. He manipulates that, that pocket. pocket with just little small steps mm-hmm. to get that ball off. But I know... It probably the rush wasn't to where you guys would want it mm-hmm. against the Patriots. Where do you think overall it is, and what are you looking forward to where it's gonna go in terms of Jacksonville, Miami, and on?
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that are, are one of the things that is not taken into account uh, when people talk about rush yeah. is how quickly the quarterbacks are getting the ball out of mm-hmm. their hands, right? Um, and I think we've, we've broken down some of the, the games that we've played, and I, I haven't broken down last night's game or anything like that, but like out of, say, I'm, I'm just throwing out an arbitrary number, out of 40 passes, sometimes it's literally like 29 of those
1: passes are out in 1.9 seconds. I think right? there was a stat prior to last night's game, actually, that opposing quarterbacks were getting the ball out quicker against the Jets than any team in the national football. Yeah,
0: and I think they know, one, they know uh, they know us, our heart of our, our defense, Greg Williams, the coordinator, we're bringing pressure so that they're being coached on this week. Hey, let's get the ball out, right? But in 1.9 seconds, I mean, it's hard to get from here to here unblocked in 1.9 seconds, right? You know, so um, one, that needs to be taken into account a bit more. However, you know, as... I tell the defense as we tell the defense, hey, at, at the end of the day, if that's how quickly the ball is getting out there, then we better get there at 1.8, right?
1: All right, so, so we're just getting warmed up. You, you, you got a chance to stay for another segment? I do. Okay, that, that's what we're going to do because uh, we got a lot of things to cover here with uh, Brandon Copeland. We are here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits. You are listening to Inside the Jets on ESPN Radio. welcome back to inside the Jets we're broadcasting live from Vanderbilt uh, Vanderbilt sports and spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel welcome back to inside the Jets we're broadcasting live from Vanderbilt S- sports and spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel our player guest segment is presented by MIT Bank the official Community Bank of your New York Jets uh, Brandon Copeland is uh, and always has been a tremendous guest so we were are having him on for a second segment uh, before we continue our conversation with Brandon. Remember, Jets fans, you can stream inside the Jets live through the Jets app presented by m Bank. Go to the App Store or Google Play now and search official New York Jets. And also Jets Rewards members, don't forget to enter code STRONG don't forget to enter the code STRONG to, in your Jets Rewards portal during the show to earn 100 points. Okay, so Brandon, we are talking about the pass rush before. We are talking about you being back in the mix two games in. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does the body feel? How's it all coming back to you in terms of muscle memory and also getting back in the mix? Yeah,
0: it feels good, man. It feels, feels really good. I think uh, first and foremost, getting, being out of the locker room and coming back in, you, you miss the the. Brotherhood and the camaraderie uh, of the guys, the jokes, the laughter, the preparing, and all of that type of stuff. So, um, coming back in, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. I'm enjoying every single moment of it. You know, the good, the bad, the Cowboys wins and the Patriots losses. I mean, it, it, it's you, you enjoy the process, so to speak, a, a bit more. So, um, my body's feeling good. Obviously, a little banged up after yesterday, but that's part of the process my legs are fresher than, than most guys on the field right now so so
2: so can i ask what were you doing you know obviously it was torture you know watching mm-hmm. your teammates go out there yep. and, and and battle without you but what kind of things were you doing for your body uh mentally uh, you know i know that you do a lot of stuff you know off the field with business what were you doing to keep yourself in
0: shape and, and mentally yeah. in shape yeah well for, first and foremost I, I actually broke my wrist uh so i had to take the first i had six weeks of time to to collect myself and and get prepared for the comeback, so to speak. In the first three weeks, I actually had two pins hanging outside of my wrist, so they said you you shouldn't sweat because it could get infected. Yep. Now, me being the hard-headed individual I am, I still tried to find a way to run late at night and stuff like that when it was cooler out and all of that type of stuff. But just keeping my wind up. And then as soon as the cast came off, as soon as they pulled the pins out, it was I went to Florida. I was just training, training, training my tail off. I'm running, working, doing football drills, DB work and all of that type of stuff so that when I did come back, um, you know, I wouldn't miss a beat. And, and I think, you know, I would literally go out on the field in Florida and, and I'm walking through calls and I'm literally acting as if I'm just seeing a play action from Tom Brady or, or whatever. How am I busting out? What am I looking at? Where are my eyes? So um, I, to be quite honest, when I came back, I think the coaches might were a bit surprised at the type of shape I was in and then also the, how I, I just came back in ready to go
1: for those folks who don't know you were suspended the first four games of the season can you explain why you were suspended and also how that impacted you personally and what steps you're taking now because uh, obviously it's something that you never Envision could ever, ever happen to you throughout your career. Trust yeah. Me. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, so I was suspended for a performance-enhancing drug violation. Um, again, you see it across the ticker, you see it across ESPN, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, this dude's been taking steroids for all these years. And and literally uh, in early June, late May, I got a letter from the NFL saying I failed a drug test, and I'm literally in my house just, uh, to be quite honest with you, just screaming, cursing screaming curse words like what the this has to be a mistake and so I literally at that point in time I took every supplement I was taking I sent it off to a science laboratory it cost me seven hundred forty five dollars per supplement and they found the supplement that had the banned substance in it now on this supplement there nothing on the label that that uh showed this banned substance the substance actually isn't even in like doctors can't prescribe it or anything like that so there's actually no way you can get it in the States. And I before I took the supplement, I literally did everything I could. I, I checked it through the, the app that the NFL gives us to check supplements. Everything was fine. I sent a picture of the label to multiple nutritionists. They cleared me to take it and all that type of stuff. But literally, it was simply a contaminated substance supplement. Yeah. Um, the day after my suspension was announced, the company actually put on their website that they were changing their manufacturing company and all of that type of stuff. So currently, we have filed a lawsuit against them. A couple Fridays ago, or maybe, yeah, a couple Fridays ago at this point, um, we filed a lawsuit against them. And, you know, for me personally, uh, there's a lot of things that I'm doing off the field. And and I think to not even besides that, this is my seventh year in the NFL. I've been practice squad. As, As I talked to the team when I told them about it, I'm like, listen, first and foremost, all of you know me, so you know I wouldn't try anything like this. But second of all, let's just think, have some common sense for a second. Uh, this is my seventh season in the NFL. I've been practice squad. My second season in the NFL, I've played for two weeks, practice squad, and got cut, sat out the rest of the season. Ever since then, I came and I've been active ever since then. I just came off my best season of my career. I've had a bunch of sacks. I'm having my brand-new baby boy. I'm killing it off the <laughs> field and financial literacy. Why now? Yeah. <laughs> but it really just doesn't make sense, right? And and, and they literally all just laugh, right? So. Again, the people who know me, they know my heart, know I wouldn't try. However, the way I look at things too is everything happens for a reason. God doesn't make mistakes. There's something that's a bigger meaning, purpose, whether it was just to spend time, my son is three months old, so whether it was just to spend more time with him, I'm, I'm comfortable with that, right? Um, and, and whatever the, the higher meaning, bigger purpose may be, maybe it's someone else learning from my mistakes or, or whatever. And I don't really see it as a mistake on my end. However, you know. What would your message be to
1: the young guys uh, coming up? Because uh, obviously you're going to take supplements because you guys got to maintain a certain regimen to get your bodies ready to roll on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. The hardest thing, to be
0: quite honest with you, is I really can't give you any advice. Like, uh, that was one of my things – you know, to to towards the NFL is like, what would you tell me to do differently, mm. right? And it, and if there's something that you would tell me to do differently, then I, you know, I'll I take full responsibility. Yeah. And I still take full responsibility. It was in my bodies, but like, what can you tell me to check it through your NFL app? I did that, right? Check with nutritionists. I did that, right? Check the label, all of that type of stuff. I did that, right? Like, so the only thing you can really tell me is when I pie this supplement for 30 40 bucks send it to the science laboratory pay 745 bucks on every single supplement i take and then you know and then hope for the best at that point so well i I'll tell I you know.
1: i'll tell you what is it the good get it, fine for that you do <laughs> you found the silver lining in your cloud bro because brandon you just mentioned bryson three months old What's it like uh, being a dad, and uh, how special is Bryson? Yeah, it's
0: amazing. Uh, it's amazing, I'm sure, you know, as parents know, it's a beautiful thing for me personally and for, for, for us all to see your motivation every single day. I, like I tell people, I've been working for him since my junior year of high school. I've literally envisioned my son and, and my family and, and these are the people I'm working for and I'm working so hard for entirely tirelessly for and so to wake up and see him squirming or smile or something like that okay yeah there's there's nothing you could do that can throw me off on on this this journey that I'm on and and again side note I mean you know the things that women do right (laughs) like one y'all are amazing I mean it's literally ridiculous because I mean my wife is, is superwoman and and uh, you know, I, I literally couldn't be here right now if she wasn't taking care of holding down the fort. But, you know, literally sitting in there from pregnancy to delivery, I'm thinking about it. You know, I had wrist surgery, and I've had pec surgery, wrist surgery, and knee surgery. And after all of those surgeries, don't talk to me, don't touch me. I'm eating fast food <laughs> and all that stuff. You guys just had a surgery, and now you have to feed this <laughs> this individual and get up and now carry her. and all that stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, this is yeah, this is amazing. So. Much respect. Much respect to all the women out there. Yeah, Mother. EA,
2: EA re- recently had a, a baby girl. Uh, you know, I have, I have three myself, so <laughs> yeah. to completely understand, we're really happy for you. Thank you yeah. so much. So, like so, you trying know. to
0: get some sleep. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, get a full night of sleep.
2: <laughs> so, so, you know, speaking on that, speaking on having your child, your son, leaving the legacy, mm. There's some things you're doing outside of football, yep. you know, teaching financial literacy classes, uh, doing some business ventures uh, uh, on your own. Yeah. How important
0: is that to set yourself up outside of football? I think it's very, very important. I mean, you—you, you, a lot of people think you know, it's Plan B. It's Plan B is so distracting from Plan A, and and I'm like, one of the things that I did in my camp last year—not this past year, but the year before that—is I took a a big went to Walmart and got a big brown paper, like literally from this wall to this wall, and I literally took spray paint and I drew on it like a timeline from zero to 79 and a half, which is the average human lifespan. And I blacked out the years from 21 to 24 and a half. So I blacked out those years. I said, and literally made two campers hold it up and they're looking at this big brown thing. They just see this little black piece in the middle. I'm like, look, this is the average NFL career right there. Right. <laughs> Don't tell me you, you, I was wondering where owners, you're like, going with that. Right? Like don't <laughs> yeah. tell me like like you don't care about anything else. You're not interested in anything else. And I get it, we're in a, a, a finite moment and we have to take every advantage of it. But me, instead of going home and playing video games, nothing wrong with it. I go home and I'm my contractor sent me videos of a house that we're we're renovating right now. Right? Like my my co professor sent me stuff about the class that we just got approved for this spring. We just got bumped it up from 30 students to 60 students in a, a new new room and stuff like that so again my, my focus is just a bit different these are my interests and you know I, to be quite honest with you I've tried to turn them off mm-hmm. so to speak right I, I've learned I learned how to a- compartmentalize them where I'm on the football field clearly last night in the middle of the game I'm not thinking about a flip right yeah. <laughs> however um, you know, trying to turn it off is, is is harder than just letting it flow and letting it be. So
2: who are the, some of the people that – who are some of your mentors? Who, who taught you how to
0: be interested in
2: business and, and learn about your financial literacy and, and extend your money and your, and your
1: value? The, who are some it, of the people? And, and before you answer that, I do just want to add that this guy is the rarest of the rare. He went to Pennsylvania, yes, the <laughs> Ivy League Penn played there, and he's teaching financial literacy. There. So, But go on, and you know, he just asked you, Cope, about your mentors. Yeah,
0: no, there's there's been a bunch of great mentors. I, I've been blessed from that standpoint. I, I think uh, some of the people that stick out to me, Rob Sims, he's a former uh, Detroit Lion. Yeah, I played
2: with Rob. You played with Rob, yep. yeah. So
0: Rob Sims, him, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, um, they've started a locker room consulting group out in Michigan. But Rob was actually one of the first people to take me under his wing from a real estate standpoint and just drive me around and show me different things. Um, Haloti Nada, uh Glover Quinn, Tahir Whitehead. I've just been fortunate to be in locker rooms. I've been in locker rooms with not knuckleheads, but some guys who, you know, they, they want to be young forever and, and, and do young things forever. But I've also been in locker rooms where I've had guys who I can look up to from football standpoint, preparation standpoint, but also the next thing that I look at, to be quite honest with you, family standpoint, the way they treat their wives, the way they treat their children, things that I can look up like, okay, I remember being in Detroit, you know, before I was married or anything like that and and looking at some of these guys and like, wow, like, I want that. Like, the way you respect your wife, the way you do this, I I want this, right? Um, And then the next step, how they handle business off the field and the things that they're doing, whether it's investing and in ventures or starting their own gyms or uh, real estate or w- whatever it may be. But I- I've been, I've just been blessed to be around the right people. And I've also just been blessed to have the mindset and the humbleness to listen and to take a car ride with Rob. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: well, listen to Brandon Copeland because another outstanding appearance on Inside the Jets. He was also on the official Jets podcast. Check that out on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, NewYorkJets.com. Uh, Thanks so much for coming by. Good luck, for Good luck this we'll weekend. I appreciate it. We'll be right back. You're listening to inside the Jets on ESPN Radio.
2: Ernst & Young LLP is proud to be the exclusive professional business and accounting services sponsor of the New York Jets and MetLife Stadium.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back to Inside the Jets. We are broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. Inside the Jets is presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Tremendous double segment with Brandon Copeland. Last couple weeks, we have Steve McClendon on. These guys are just so good, we got to book them for the full hour.
2: Yeah, man, we got some, some great veterans on this team, some yeah. great leadership, and it was great to hear all the, the, the positive things Brandon Copeland has going on in his life and, and how he always puts a positive spin on, on everything, whether it be the New England game or going through adversity. You know, you got to keep that, that positive attitude.
1: You know, he, he had an interesting thing to say in terms of football. Quarterbacks against the Jets are getting that ball out quick. We 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 always talk in terms of three seconds typically for a quarterback to release the football. A lot of times when you're playing Tom Brady, he's not waiting three seconds before that ball's out. No, he's not.
2: You know, he's getting it out quick uh, to those running backs, to to Edelman, to those to those short. Uh, release valves. You know when you when you're bringing pressure, and that has to be frustrating as a pass rusher. Yeah. You know, you could probably you can literally line up, and he can snap the ball and get the ball off quicker with no one blocking you, <laughs> than, than you could, uh, you know, as far as defeating your man in front of you. So, um, you know, you you know who you're going against. You're playing against Greg Williams' defense. He's aggressive. He has a ton of talent on the defensive line. That's the strength of this defense. Got to get it out quick.
1: Okay, so give us a scouting report on who they're playing this week because it is the Jacksonville Jaguars and their quarterback went to Washington State, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, Gardner Minshew is a, you know, he, he's, you know,
2: the first couple of weeks took the league by storm. Uh, filling in for Nick Foles, he's uh, a very confident young man. You know, he's not the biggest quarterback, about six feet tall, uh, very mobile. You know, he, he's not a Lamar Jackson, but he can uh, hurt you with his feet. Uh one of those quarterbacks that throws the ball with no conscience. You know, where he can throw, he'll throw a couple of interceptions, but he'll make some great plays at the same time. Uh, accurate passer. He comes from the air raid attack. And uh, and it's going to be important for the Jets to get those big fellas up in front of him and get pressure and get the hands up and knock down some passes.
1: They're about uh, right in the middle of the National Football League in terms of sacks allowed, tied for 16. And it's not tied for 16 with 16 sacks allowed. And it's not just, as Brandon said, about sacks, but it is about disrupting the quarterback, getting off the field on third down, and also having those takeaways. You can have a game get out of control like it did against the Patriots when you turn the football over five times.
2: Yeah, you know it really. You know it takes away possessions from your offense. Uh, you know also when you look offensively, not converting those red zone, those yeah. red zone trips into points. I mean those will kill you. You know against the Patriots, you have to score touchdowns. You know, you have to keep them out when you when your team throws a throws an interception or forces or gets a turnover. The defense doesn't matter where the ball was. Like Brandon Copeland said, doesn't matter if it's in the lake, in the street. Yep. You have to go out there and play your defense, and you have to get your team off the field, hold them to a field goal, and so you know it works hand in hand. You know, offense has to convert, defense has to keep them off the board, special teams has to in the ball in in the possession with the ball. But
1: and that's the reason I brought up Jacksonville sack total because. Their offensive line, I don't think it's considered elite. I think they're playing relatively well. But this team is based on Leonard Fournette. If the Jets can contain him, hold him down, because he's going to get his carries. so that means Leonard Fournette's going to get his yards. If you can keep him to three yards a carry, not have those explosion runs, then you're going to have opportunities to get after the quarterback this weekend.
2: Absolutely. You know, you stop that run at the beginning of the drive, first and second down. uh, You know, you put the opposing offense into a third down and long situation. That's when Greg Williams at his finest. Yeah. You know, that's when he's drawing up the blitzes. Because it's
1: not Tom Brady they're playing. No,
2: they're they're not. They're playing a young quarterback who hasn't seen uh, this type of aggressive defense. And if they're able to stop the run, you make them play left-handed. You, make, you force them to make Gardner Minshew beat them. And the reason they've had success is because running the football, you have to honor the run. No one, no safety wants to see Leonard Fournette running full speed because he's going to put a hurting on you. So you're going to inch closer and closer, and now you have to honor that play action. Now there's opportunities for shots down the field. So it's going to be important for the Jets to stop the run with the front seven and, and, uh, and make them Uh, have some third down and long situations.
1: Conversely if you're Adam Gase and you're that offensive coaching staff and you're in the lab, what kind of game plan are you putting together? I'm looking at stats and the game is not just about stats alone but Jacksonville has been very average in terms of rush defense this year. Tied for 21st in the National Football League about 117 yards per game and while much didn't work right for you offensively against the New England Patriots, you know Who looked good, who had a season high in terms of yards and average per rush? The guy we've been talking about, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell, it's gonna be important to to continue to feed
2: him, to give him opportunities to make plays. He is the the best player on the team. You know, he's the the spark on offense, Uh, he's a workhorse. He does it all from catching the ball to running to pass blocking. You have to feed him and give him opportunities. You know, just like it's important for the Jets to stop the run uh, defensively offensively it's important for them to establish the run because that takes some of the pressure off of Sam Darnold and it allows him opportunities to, to, to slow down that defensive line so he can stop, sit back, react, uh, just decipher who's gonna be open and make
1: those accurate passes with his feet set. If the takeaway chart is neutral at the end of Sunday, I don't even have to go down to Jacksonville, watch the game and be in the press box to tell you this. Give me the numbers and tell me what Leonard Fournette has and tell me what Le'Veon Bell has, and I'll give you a winner. What do you think about that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're, right, you're right about that. Yep. The, these two running backs are going to dictate who wins this game. Yep. You know, Is it going to be Leonard Fournette on the ground, or is it going to be Le'Veon doing both, You know, running the football, catching the ball? Uh, they're they're going to be the key matchup this week, and it's going to be exciting to see them. But I'll tell you one thing, the Jets better block number 93. Calais Campbell. Oh, he's having a heck of a year. You know, he's one of the older guys. He's been in the league forever, but he's continued to dominate and disrupt offenses and, uh, and really a special talent. And
1: they're getting some production from that pass rusher out of Kentucky. That's Josh Allen. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of guys, a lot
2: of people, Jets fans, wanted the Jets to, to pick Josh yeah, Allen. Yeah, it's interesting because we'll be able to see
1: <laughs> Quinn and Williams and Josh Allen on the field together. Absolutely. They won't be playing against each other, but they'll obviously be... The face in the respective offenses.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I know I'm, as yeah. every Jets fan is, they're excited to see Quentin. You know, he, he's been disruptive since he uh, got back healthy. You know, he's a, he's a very aggressive player, quick, strong. You know, I, I saw him throw around some, some uh, Zach Martin against the Cowboys, yep. and there's a play where he just threw him like a rag doll, and it's like I knew Quentin was athletic. I knew he was quick. I didn't realize how much how much force he had how strong he was as a player
1: so we'll have to see what happens Sunday in Jacksonville Eric Coleman and myself will be back here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits next week thanks for listening to Inside the Jets